Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by very special guest, Pastor Georgian Banoff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Woo. Well, let's, uh, of course, honor the Lord. And I'm going to read Psalm 117 from first from the message, then from the Passion Translation. So Psalm 117, praise God, everybody. Applaud God. Come on, let's do it. Applaud God, all people. All people, including Silicon people. Everybody, techies, everybody. His love has taken over our lives. God's faithful ways are eternal. Hallelujah. Now that's the message, and uh, which was my favorite Bible through the 90s when the Lord uh, swept through the body of Christ with uh, holy joy. How many know um, that uh, the world wants you happy but not holy? Uh, The uh, the religion wants you holy but not happy. Uh, But Jesus came to make you both holy and happy. That's what Jesus did. And actually, it's a, it's a scripture in, uh, in uh, Revelation 19 about being holy and happy all simultaneously. So um, I, will, I will read now from, from the, from the uh, Passion. Okay. Psalm 117. Let everyone everywhere praise the Lord. It's going to happen in our lifetime. Everyone everywhere. And we're connecting with that, like you said. The people in this valley might have been distracted for a while with technology, but now they're ready for the real thing, uh, which God is the author of all technology. I mean, he doesn't get any more inventive than God himself. So, uh, so they're all ready for more. Okay, we got this technology going. Now we need the real author of it. So I declare with, along with you that everywhere around here, everyone everywhere around here will be Praising the Lord. Let it all out. Shout, shout. Let it all out. (laughs) Come on, I'm talking to you. (laughs) Go ahead and praise him. For God has conquered us with his great love. Oh, come on. Why don't you just stick him up and surrender. You've conquered us, Lord. You've conquered us. Come on, just in case you were out of joint this last week, just let him just reconquer you. Just, just get yourself exposed right now for reconquering. He can do it. He's so good at it. He doesn't mind what happened last week, this week, but now we, we exposure for more conquest, being conquered. So we go and face the rest of the week conquered by God. Ooh. And, and if you've read the Passion Translation, the, um, the uh, Song of Solomon, which, which for some reason in that particular Passion is just extraordinary, he talks about us being more than conquerors. And we were just with Brian Simon, the author in Israel, in our mission. I actually flew from Israel here. And so what he talks about is that because, of course, we, we are uh, conquered by him, but... Um, in Psalm of Psalm discusses about him being uh, conquered by us because of our worship. Our worship is just get, you know, 
wipes him out. Like he, he has, since he lost humanity through the fall, he's been longing and to have fellowship with, with humans. So through, through Jesus, he, he accomplished that. And now uh, Christ is inside us. So, so when he looks at us, he sees himself. God the Father is looking at God the Son in, in you, the sons and the daughters. So it's like, he go, wow. And when we worship him, he, he floats up, he comes out. Uh, especially, you know, when we worship with amazing band like this. Give, give the Convergence Band a good God bless you. Yay. Amazing. It, I'm sure you're kind of used to it, but I, I, I go around and, and the, the worship here is just like overwhelms me. I connect with it so like oil, you know, it's just so good. And so he's seeing himself and he is like, he's conquered or he's wrecked, if you want to say it. You know, there are other words that describe it, but how, how can that happen? Well, it can only happen if he sees himself in us. So you're giving yourself, even physically, your body. So your eyes become um, the conduit of how he shows himself. You know, and so he sees himself in you. And he goes, ah. Oh. That's, that's how we, we ravish him. How can us, us humans ravish the eternal God? Well, he sees, sees himself in you. He's ravished by his own image, by God the Father and God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're just a, they're they're a ravishing themselves. They're ravishing each other. I don't know if you thought about it that way. Maybe it's a little radical, but they're ravishing ravishing themselves with with one another. God is uh, he enjoys himself. He loves himself, and it's not idolatry because God is perfect and righteous, and to be loved and worshipped. Is it a little too much for, for you to say that? You know, I mean, not that we say it like that, but he worships himself because if, if there was anybody greater and more, God is so humble, they would worship someone else, but there's nobody. He is the most perfect, most beautiful, most wise, more glorious. And so he's just, just uh, uh, in love with himself. And when he births a, a believer, I mean, when he... Uh, created humans. He created so he could share his beauty and his perfection with us and his glory. And of course, the enemy you know, lied and deceived Adam and Eve, of course, but he uh, already planned for fixing that. He already planned on that uh, for coming. He knew that was coming. He wasn't like, what? You know, but he, he was not surprised. He, he was, and, and because because the Bible says before the foundation of the world, he was already ready to be, um, to, to, to be crucified, to be, to be offered, to be slaughtered. Before the foundation of the world, he prepared himself to give himself to rescue and to redeem us. Amen? Is that too much for some of it to talk about? I mean, it's, it's true, you know. It's just that we don't always talk about it like that. But, uh, you know, you mean... He created us knowing we're going to fall. Well, there it is. Before even creating us, he prepared for redeeming us. He's so good. And here we are, the redeemed. 
That's what he died for, for, for this moment, so that we could be in his presence, fully redeemed from the lies and deceptions, and, and now be his sons and his daughters, and, and corporately, his bride. Just think about that. Now, I know some of us guys may have a little, maybe a little stretched by being a bride, you know. I know that, because I'm kind of, I'm a guy too, so I'm going to, okay. You know, bride is uh, like a, you know, female uh, type. But somehow, guys get it over with, because he, he counts as part of the bride. So, what are you going to do? Just give it up and do it, Lord, whatever you're doing, just. <sighs> well, I'm so glad to be here. And of course, I showed you the little mobilizing uh, 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 video for short-term missionaries. We continuously um, want to take anyone that wants to go with us to a short-term mission trips. And there, uh, most people think of missionaries as kind of missionaries like a sufferings, sleeping in the wooden floors and eating <laughs> like gross foods and stuff, but that's what you got to do as a missionary. But I don't think so. I think we can eat nice food, and we, we can be picky. Uh, because, you know, Daniel was picky. He didn't eat anything that just was served there. You know, even though he was a slave, like enslaved by this culture in, in uh, uh, Babylon, but he says, no, I'm not going to, I'm not a slave. He's a son. Just because you're in a slaving situation, the world around you wants to enslave. But you're a son, you're a daughter, you're free. You're in this enslaving situation, but you're not a slave. We're in this world, but not of it. And so Daniel was a typical example of that because he was trafficked. He and his four, three friends, they were trafficked, they were enslaved, but they didn't act like it. And guess what? When you stand up for who you are, if you know who you are and stand up for it, and you don't just eat anything that comes down the pike, even though if it, maybe the kings of the culture, uh, the, his food, it doesn't mean it should be your food. So you can pick what you want to eat. And Daniel picked what he wanted to eat. And his diet prevailed, showed how uh, when you are... Uh, when you're well choosing well what to eat, I'm talking about spiritual, not just physically, but all types, you know. Uh, then you, you, uh, it, then, then the Lord shows up through your diet, and she so, shows up when you eat Jesus and drink Jesus. He shows up. Come on, it's all about eating and drinking. Yeah, the kingdom of heaven. We're gonna sit down and eat. Along with Abraham and, and everyone else, amen? But we're not waiting. We're eating and drinking because he's not waiting. He's knocking on the door. Let me in. I want to have fellowship with you. I want to dine with you. It's not just food. It's about hanging out and spending time. What we're going to do in a little bit together with Wendy and Greg and, and whoever else uh, is coming. With. We're going to sit down and eat and fellowship. Amen. So I'll keep it short because I'm kind of getting hungry. So I won't go too far, you know, to go too long, but we'll try to put some concentrated juice, amen. So anyways, how many of you could see yourself going with us to Rome and Bulgaria with the gypsies? Okay, here's what I want to do. I want to pray for those of you who wish to go and you're able to go take time off of work, but 
Finance is a, a little stretching for you, and you would not. But if you, the money comes, you will go. How many of you are like that? Like, I have such authority over money that many times after I pray, money begins to come by the end of the meeting. <laughs> many times. Like, it's not once. It's just happened all the time. So get ready um, to hear, to receive the answer of my prayer because I have authority over money for missions. Now, just promise when the money comes, don't spend it on something else, okay? This, this is mission money, all right? It's a very special account in heaven. So, so I'll pray for you right now. It's short, and so if you want to go and the money is the only issue, stand up, and I want to pray for that to happen. For Father, thank you so much for those who want to go. And it says that the harvest is huge, but the workers are few. But Lord, look at how many are saying, send me, Lord. So we just download right now, Lord. We're logging on with the password, Jesus, and we're downloading money into their bank accounts, into their pockets, into their uh, checking book, into their savings account, everywhere. And we just receive the full sum needed to go to Bulgaria and Rome and, and even extra money for souvenirs. In Jesus' name, I receive it. So be, before you sit down, turn around. Turn around so that everybody can see you. Say, me, me, I'm going. Yeah, you can send me. Donate to me. Everybody say, go, go, go. All right. Uh, I love having fun because uh, God is having fun with me. I didn't grow up with a, a dad that to have fun with, never visited me necessarily at all once, but God did. As soon as I met Jesus, he became my dad. It took a little while, but eventually he got to that point that he's now just my Savior and my Lord, and, uh, but also he's my father. And I had encounter with the Lord. Uh, it happened 1986 in February. I was in London just finishing one uh, ministry that I was involved with. How many, how many remember a, a children's tape called The Music Machine? Anybody remember that? Oh, look. Okay, let's see if you remember this song. Have patience, have patience, don't give in such a hurry. When you get impatient, you only start to worry. Remember, remember that God is patient too. And think of all the times when others have to wait for you. <laughs> Great. That's part of the, uh, one of the songs. We wrote three songs. My wife and I, we were dating. And uh, they landed on a tape that sold millions, practically. Uh, since the 70s, it's outsold, you know. And, and at the time, there was nothing for children, Christian children. So this, this it met, met a huge need, teaching the fruit of the Spirit and so forth. And then we wrote, uh, co-wrote another called uh, Bullfrogs and Butterflies. Bullfrogs and Butterflies. They've both been born again. Boom, 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 bullfrog and butterfly. They've both been born. <laughs> Wendy knows it. There's a butterfly here. And so that's how we started in my uh, secular uh, career. I was, a, I was a rock and roll musician in Bulgaria. I started classical, and then by, by my age of 13 or, or 14, uh, we heard a strange sound on a shortwave radio. So at the time, my, uh, I was raised communist, of course, in Bulgaria, Marxist, Marxist. So Lenin was supposed to be my daddy. 
And, you know, I actually did not like Lenin at all, but there was no choice until I heard another Lenin, John Lennon. I like, oh, I like this guy. <laughs> she loves you, yeah, yeah. Love, love me, do. I, I like that Lennon. Okay, so, so me and three boys uh, decided to, uh, you know, have a long relationship with a new found daddy, John Lennon. And we, wrote, and we, we, we made the, the first, we, the first uh, rock band in Bulgaria. Um, created. Now, we weren't very good at all, but there was no way to prove it at the beginning because there was not a band to compare. <laughs> so we got better eventually and uh, became very popular. And, and that's when they realized communists made a mistake. They said, this is a mistake. No more rock and roll. So they shut us down publicly. And um, that, that pushed me to escape. So this is how my story started with a daring escape through Iron Curtain. I got smuggled by the Polish black market. It was just a long story, but I ended up as an immigrant in, in America, headed all the way to Hollywood. And right there when the believers, Christians, the Jesus people. How many got saved from that Jesus people revival, uh, the t- 70s? And, uh, and so that's how I got saved, on the street, just in the Los Angeles area. And I met Jesus supernaturally. Oh, so good. And, and here I am, Forty years later, nothing can separate me from his love. Nothing can separate me. He put his arms around. Whoa. So uh, I became a son really with God because I didn't have a sense of being a son, as I said. Naturally, my dad didn't uh, come around. But God never stopped looking at me from the moment I discovered him. He exists. He revealed himself and, and began to treat me like a son, and um, also like, a, like his favorite. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like not just son, but his favorite. Yeah. How about you? How many of you feel like you're his favorite? Yeah. It's for everybody, because, you know, it's, it's you, you pick what you want to be. Like, like John, uh, like John the, the, the beloved disciple, he, he picked what he wanted. Talk about food, picking your diet. He was leaning on Jesus' Sort of like leaning over the kitchen table all the time. So he was leaning on Jesus' chest. Amen? Shamelessly. He was just leaning on, on, on Jesus. Uh, nowadays, he may become a little weird, like looking at, well, what's this guy doing? He's, oh, he's one of those. No, he, he's not one of those. He is the beloved. He saw himself as a beloved because he, he leaned on the beloved. And when you lean on a beloved so close and so intimately, you become part of the beloved. So beloved is basically Jesus. He's the beloved. And when you lean on him, when you embrace him intimately and worship like, like this worship band, this is oh, so sweetly, so taking time to lean on him. Woo. And, and that's how you become part of the beloved and part of the most favorite. Come on. Not just sons and daughters, but most favorite, most favorite sons and daughters. That way we birth spiritually sons and daughters like, like we are. Everybody multiply. You multiply yourself. It's usually that's how it happens. The Lord is the one who is raising sons and daughters continuously. And we, we are becoming mom and dad in a sense. We're becoming moms and dads of the next generation Sons and daughters, amen. And and uh, I understand you're studying that and, and, and growing that. I can feel it. 
And my, my Facebook audience is, was asking, who is this and where are you and what song is this? And so I'm just, you know, people are hungry for what you have here. It's the intimacy, the sweetness. You should see the comments on my Facebook. Georgia and Winnie Banoff, you can see. And of course, you have your own channel, whatever it is, like YouTube or something. I have the Facebook. And, <laughs> and so, uh, speaking of the Facebook and YouTube, uh, we're doing worship in uh, Google this, in the headquarters this, this weekend. All Saturday, all day Saturday, we're going to inside the headquarters. We're worshiping the Lord Jesus. <laughs> loudly. Publicly. And it's, it's not for uh, uh, other audience, but for the techies, uh, uh, like the uh, Facebook people, the, the Google, the Survey Monkeys, and everybody, you know, like the <laughs> Salesforce, all these guys, uh, you know, they're welcome. In fact, uh, somebody came from all the way through. We did that a year ago, and now we're doing it again all day Saturday, 12 bands, 12 hours, nonstop worship in Google. We, somebody flew from Seattle from the... Uh, What's this other, the PCs? Microsoft, exactly. So they flew from Microsoft, and they got touched and asked me to go to Microsoft. So we did that. We did worship there. Then I finally got invited by Apple, and I, I got there. So we're going to, and the Facebook invited me to lead worship 12 hours next, next, whenever that is. Next time I'm around or something. So I give them dates, and I said, okay, let's do it. The tech world is hungry for God. Just like you said, it may not have started that way, but it's happening because Christianity is invasive. And sons and daughters are, are, are popping everywhere. And they're more than hungry, not just to know about God, but they want to experience him as a father. And so our, our quest has been to study the scripture. Uh, I, I love the Bible, and I, I don't just read it. I see things like... You got to read it until you start seeing things, you know. <laughs> you got you to gotta see things. And, and when, you, when you begin to not just read it, but drink it. Ooh, drinking. Jesus didn't say, come to me and think. He says, if you're thirsty, come to me, come to me and drink. There's a difference between thinking and drinking. Can I illustrate? All right, here's, here's, here's thinking. Evian. Del- delicately crafted by nature with a unique journey through the heart of the French Alps. From snowflake to you. Oh. <laughs> says that. See, (laughs) I don't make it up. (laughs) I'm having fun. Avion, natural house, pouring water from the French apps. Second, just read and think and think until I pass out dehydration. (laughs) That's what happens if you're just thinking. Sooner or later, you pass out. But if you just open the cap and... mm, Oh, French Alps, very good. Mm. 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 Fantastic. Mm. What, what, is, what is the difference? One, it went into uh, my mind. The other one went into my belly. Yeah. Come on. Jesus 
is not just for your mind, of course, but it's deeper. Jesus is not just a philosopher, uh, another religion with books and, re- and, and, uh, and rules. He is a person. And he's looking forward to come inside you. And if, you, if you're thirsty, come to me let, and drink. And, 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 and then what will happen? Once I come in, then out of you will flow rivers of living water. And what did he speak about? Not a, a, a liquid, but, a, you know, H2O. But he's speaking about the Holy Spirit. So you become like the... Uh, uh, you know, like a container, but this container, as the thing of it is, is it has a bottom and it has a top. But you don't have neither, neither. Because you're not a bottle, you're a container, but you are a branch. So, what is the branch, the difference? Well, it, it, it's grafted. And the graft uh, uh, enables you, the vine, <clears throat> like, He's divine, we are the branches. So what happens is, as we are connected through that faith, trust, relationship, <clears throat> then the juice from the vine goes out on the vine and goes inside the branches, which is you. Amen? And so, and so the, the juice really comes from the vine. Life comes from the vine. We by ourselves don't have life, but grafted to him we have his life flows and through that relationship um, you know the, the branches are hollow and purposefully because that's the juice flows through and so our spirits are just like the our hearts are rather uh, are the uh, that through which God flows life love joy peace wisdom kindness everything you know healing and youthfulness. How many baby boomers want to be a youthful branches? Well, that's, let that flow through you as well. So, because he wants to refresh you, renew you. Amen. And, and, and the, the, the first thing starts with hanging in the vine. It's, it's a restful position. It's not trying to climb on the vine. You are connected and you hang. Okay, so that starts with that. Restful connection. And through you, the vine produces what? Fruit. Amen? So the fruit of the Spirit is, is uh, exactly, exactly that. It's not your fruit in a sense that is not produced by you, but it's, it's through you. But it's the work. And Amplified says it in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit or the work which His presence within you accomplishes. So the fruit of the Spirit is an accomplishment of God's presence in you. Isn't that good? It's nice to read different translations. I have like 12 translations with me at all times. And I'm, I'm addicted to all 12. I, I, I don't go anywhere without them uh, because I, 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 uh, I just need them. They feed me, you know, and I've picked the ones that they really communicate to me emotionally, mentally, and everything. So, I, I, I'm fed by this, by the and and the and the scripture I just quoted you was from the Amplified Bible, which the Amplified is uh, kind of loud, you know, like these 
bass amps here. See, these <laughs> instruments have amplifiers. So the amplifier is loud. If you have an amplified, your Bible will be louder than everybody else's. Yeah. <laughs> so that's amplified. Yeah. You know. And then, of course, it's extra longer than every other Bible because it keeps saying the same thing over and over and again, kind of explanatory. Like I said, the fruit of the Spirit is, most translations say, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. But the amplified doesn't stop this. The fruit of the Spirit, the works which his presence within you accomplishes is love and joy. So just yeah. says it, you know. In some, trans, in some scripture, says it two, three times. Same thing, just over and over. Kind of like my wife. She, she, she keeps saying things, <laughs> often repeating. Like she asks me something, and then she goes, uh, what I mean, honey? And she says it again. And then, in other words, it's like, I'm going... Why is she saying that? Why is she doing that to me? Like, I, I, I heard it. But it, it took a while for me. After a while in married life, I realized what's happening. She's waiting for the I got it look. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, okay. Then, then she moves on. So I learned how to, you know, communicate and things. And, you know. And, and then somebody gave me the Amplified Bible. I discovered it. And did you know that it was written by a woman? Amplified? Frances Seward. It's just the name of the author. She gave four years of her life to create this amazing Bible, which explained why it's so loud and, and so long. Because this lady just really labored for... So we get the point. Amen. Kind of like my wife. You get the point. Give me a signal, you got it. Okay, I got it. Okay, good, you got the point. So come on, ladies, be a loud mouth for Jesus. And say it again and again and again. Until we get the point. What is the main point? In my uh, generation here, we have, we have a wonderful um, like, privilege to be born again. You know, and uh, born in the 70s, and needed, we needed discipline, we needed many wonderful things, which we, commitment, obedience, so forth, all that good. But uh, we need more. We keep the obedience, we keep, but then we want more, and what we want more is more intimacy. See, when I was born again, that word was not used, used, used in the 70s. It was not popular. Now, becoming to be popular, intimacy with the Lord. And even sonship was not very pronounced. You know, we didn't hear the, the word about sonship and about intimacy. Uh, so, so we have longings. We appreciate our fathers in the Lord, but now we want more. What we want more. And, and, and so uh, when I became uh, a, a leader of a school, we were starting a school like I celebrate your, your new beginning. It's going to be awesome. I mean, you're going to have... Techies come in, and non-techies, and all kinds of people coming and getting the, uh, the revelation of sonship and, 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 and everything together, and intimacy as the band is they're demonstrating. And so uh, all that was not happening. But once I became a, a leader of a school, about six, seven years ago, my students started asking questions which... I avoided asking myself, such as, who goes to heaven? Who goes to hell? You know. And, and you've read these uh, scary things like, um, 
double predestination, limited atonement. It's like, ooh, scary. Don't even want to think about it. More or less, ask a question. Don't, not asking, just keep talking somewhere else. But I am afraid to even think about that. You know, what do you mean limited atonement? Jesus died for everyone. But these big teachers and, you know, theologians, they talk with these deep voices like they know what they're talking about. It's just like, I'm like, hey, I'm just Bulgarian. I, I don't know. It doesn't sound right to me, but who am I? You know, like, I'm not as smart as you are. So, but then now I'm a leader of a school and, and my students go, so what? What's with that? And I go, I can't say I don't know, you know, because like, why are you leading the school if you don't know? Like, you should know. Like, how come you're leading? <laughs> the ignorant lead the ignorant, you know. So I go, okay, well, we'll, we'll let you know. Yeah, so next, next session. Well, so I begin, I say, Lord, what do I do with this? And the Lord says, well, if you want to have authority for where we're going, you have to honor what I've done in the past. So I begin to study the uh, last huge movement uh, beyond Azusa is the Reformation, which happened five years ago. And I begin to study in order to honor the Lord, because the Lord started these movements. And the Reformation was started by a young Catholic monk. Actually, there was people preparing for that, but he just happened to be at the, at the point where it just exploded. You know, It wasn't just one man, but layers of many others. So he happened to be in the right place, in the right time to discover the revelation of the being justified by faith alone. Remember that? And, and it was really only three chapters in the book of Romans, but heavens opened when he read it with, you know, and, and then he, uh, God gave him the, the task of translating the, uh, the whole New Testament, German to, from, from uh, Greek to, Latin, to, to German, in a common German language. And, and simultaneously, Gutenberg has already invented the press, which is the technology of the day, like let's say YouTube or whatever, Facebook. So the technology was there to spread it. And instead of writing by hand, which is only few rich people can afford, now it's printed. And this covered Germany and people begin to read. And they discover that salvation is a gift. <sighs> Hallelujah. Not it works. It's salvation is a given 100% gift. Your relationship with God is already pronounced by God who already sacrificed his son for you to, to become his son. And he, he, dis, he declared you not guilty. So perfect sinners and perfect, you know, uh, criminals were now completely forgiven and declared like, like you never even did it. Complete justification means totally like just if, just if you have never done it. Wow. And, and totally given, given to you as a gift. Even the faith that it takes to believe it. Okay, I'm going to believe it. Though. I'm going to try. No, even that is a gift. Even the faith is a gift. Otherwise, you're straining and, 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 and all the way to, to heaven, but people don't want to follow you because the, the, the strain look on your face, the stress about trying to believe it. It's like, forget it. But there's a gift. No different than a child stresses over 
Christmas gift. Oh, mom, a gift. Oh, wow, I have to get in shape so I can open it. <laughs> February, you're still doing push-up. What's, what's with you? Mom, I'm getting stronger because I have to open the gift. It's like, do you ever see a kid like that? No. In seconds, psh, psh, it's open and plain. Ten minutes later, it says, can I have another gift? It's like, there's no delay in opening gift. Gift is effortless. There's no effort in, in receiving a gift. Or it's not a gift. It's some sort of a workout program. But salvation is not a workout problem. It's a gift for him who suffered, for him who struggled, for him who did the effort and gave it to you as a gift. Come on. And, and empower you to go to heaven where nobody can take, take you and stop you. And that's amazing. And that was proven. And that's what caused the Reformation. This particular issue, it made such huge change. And we wouldn't be here if it wasn't of this young Catholic monk discovering that and stood. I mean, they were going to kill him. They, they, they're for sure, if you don't recount, if you don't you know, uh, change your mind, you're going to be uh, excommunicated and from the church, from going to heaven. In other words, you're going to hell. And the German consul has said, you're outlawed. Anybody can kill you, will not punish him. So, so he says, listen, this is worth thousand deaths. Yeah. Because it's such a powerful in setting people free from the legalism of works to be saved. So it's amazing. But guess what? There's more. What is more? What is more is that not only we're headed to heaven, that's a gift, but also God wants to bring heaven down to earth now in a lifetime so that those around us can see and want to be like you. And, and, and so that's, that's the other uh, Romans uh, chapter, the, the justification in Romans 3, 4, and 5. Just, uh, sanctification starts at 6 and goes into this amazing display of what God did to not only pronounce you justified, but also sanctified. He came to actually sanctify you. Sanctification is not some long process that we slowly chip away our sinfulness and slowly become more and more holy. But it's a pronunciation. Sanctification is a person. He was made unto us righteousness. Wisdom, redemption, sanctification. It's a person. Everything about Christianity is about person, Jesus. Come on. Peace is a person. I am the prince of peace. I am the shalom. I am the shalom. Come on. Healing is in a person. I don't just heal you. Healing is me. I am healing. uh, Life is a person. Everything about Christianity is wrapped in Jesus. And, and who invites you to have a love relationship with him, to have sonship with him, to have a marriage to him. Amen? We're his bride. We're married to a person, to Jesus. Romans 7, verse 4. We're married to the resurrected one. We're not going to get married. 
In heaven, we're going to celebrate uh, our marriage. But we're already married. We're not his, like, girlfriend. We're not dating Jesus here. Dating game, you know. Like, we're not dating. It's not an you know, online dating program. We're not even his fiance. We're his bride. Come on, now. Woo! <laughs> and so the sanctification is kind of like a marriage. You don't slowly become married. You become married at the day you said, this is going to be the one I'm going to live with. And it's a, it's, a, it's a day. It's a day of uniting in front of everybody with this one person. You know, so if you see it like that, it's being set apart for that one person. If you see sanctification that way in this kind of a setting to, to understand it, you don't get to be slowly married. Like if, if I ask you, are you married? And if you say, I'm getting there, that means that, that you're not. That's okay. No pressure. Either you are or you're not. But if, you, if you're getting there, it means you're not yet. So, so just look at it that way. Baby, I want to marry you. But, you know, uh, and I love you. And I like you more than the other ten girlfriends I have. But, if you, if, uh, but I, I, like, I like you more. So if you marry me, then I can slowly start winning, winning these girlfriends one at a time. You're like, maybe once a year. If, if, uh, with the emotional support, I may be able to get rid of two of them. You know, and slowly I become more and more faithfuler to you. Would, would anybody marry uh, somebody like that? Go, go sanctify, go set your, go do your progressive sanctification on someone else, not on me. Don't, don't try it on me. You don't want me now till death do it part. There, there's no slow process. Once you're married, then you can start working out and figure what it is and respond. And, and, but do you, do you see what I'm trying to say? God has come to marry us. Make us sons. Sonship is the same way. You're not slowly becoming son as you do better and better things. Mom and dad see you sons the moment you birth. The moment you birth, you're in your mom's embrace. Like right here, every good mom just adores her baby. You know, and it's just like full attention right next to her heart. You are that way with God the moment he you receive him as Lord. Boom. You are at his bosom. Talk about John, the, the, the beloved. Right in the bosom yeah. of mom and dad. Amen? Yeah. Because that's what real parents do. They adore you. Yeah. They adore his children. Not after the children do many good things. That's later on. You get training and so forth. But even when you don't do something good, they don't call you bad boy because you did something bad. You're always their son. And it's not according to performance. Even when you do something not so good or stupid, they are with you to pick you up to, and say, come on, that's not like you. And they teach you. Yeah. Amen. They don't call you good or bad according to how you perform. Some parents do. But God is not like that. Right. God calls you from the start. You're my perfect son. You're my son. You're my son. My son. In Christ, we, Christ is the perfection of God. Perfect son. Jesus is the perfect son. And when you receive him as Lord, you go right inside and that's how you relate to God. And he calls you from the very start, reckon yourself dead to that old identity 
I'm getting to Romans 6 because Romans 6 discusses uh, our identity. Not that Romans 3 and 4 didn't. Yeah, we're justified. That's a huge identity. Very important. But also Romans 6, if you read 1 through 11, it discusses what he did, not just to justify it, but what he did to sanctify it, to make you his possession. Starting with his death. First encounter with God, uh, with us, is, is we are baptized in his death. Getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. What's happening here? <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you good news. It is not something that you do. Like, he, reckon, he killed you before you have a chance to wreck it. He killed you properly. Because, <laughs> like, otherwise, we're exposed to our own suffering, our own killing with whatever religion teaches. Die to self. Six successful ways for dying to self. Listen, there's no six successful ways. <laughs> Religion tries it, and even the non-Christians are trying. I, 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 uh, I, I, I like these, I like these uh, what do you call these, uh, TED Talks, you know. And, and that's how Google opened up for me, have a little TED Talk like a Christian, for a Christian. TED Talks are smart people do things and say things. And I've, 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 uh, I've heard TED Talks talk, TED Talks of, of smart philosophers who, who declared that the biggest, the biggest problem of humanity, or let's say the biggest enemy of the humanity, is the enemy of self. This is not Christians, who are actually atheists, but deal with self in some sort of a, their way. And one of them, complete atheist, he actually says he studied Christianity because it seems like from all religions, Christians have the best way of how to deal with the problem of self or ego. He, he's not a believer at all, but he notices how something is happening among the Christian community. Come on. And who is the one who can deal with self, with the ego? God himself. He cannot deal, you cannot deal with yourself. I'm by myself. <laughs> you can't deal with that. Give it up. Don't, don't act like he could do it. Because he can't. But he's the one who came to deal with yourself by killing it. A wonderful solution of the problem. Let's kill them before they even have a chance to try to do something to pretend like they... We were born dead, brothers and sisters, through Adam. And so for us to come alive, he has to destroy what was killing us. Our separation, our our do-it-yourself. Well, you can be like God. Just, you can just choose what's good and evil. And boom, they fell into this lie and deception. They became independent. And that's exactly what Romans 6, yeah. 6 uh, discusses. And, and I will just read very little time to, to do much more. But verse 6, 6, in Romans 6, 6 says, We know that the man we once were has been crucified with Christ. Has been. Is that like future? Is that like, what, what, what's the grammar here? Has been is what? Past. Past perfect tense. So before you even, you even started, your old self has been crucified with Christ. You can't think it through. You have to drink it. 
like water. Honestly, I see it start to smell like burned wires because in the mind, I can smell it because the mind go. And, and you can't think it because your mind is performance based. Okay, so everything for us has to be. I've done it. I I seen it. I watched it. I felt it. None of that is is part of this. This is what he says. What he did. The he, what he said that he did to you on the cross. He nailed your misery and your stressful striving. To better yourself and to make yourself look good. He nailed that all thing on, on the cross, on the, the body of himself, on Jesus. And then he buried it. Woo! Why? For the destruction of the sinful self, brothers and sisters. He, f- he figured that the, the remedy the de- to destroy the sinful self. And that sinful self is this, this, uh, this uh, independent self-existence that we were born with. So he came to set us free from that by killing it on the cross. So why? So that we are no longer slave of ourselves. Slaves of sin. Slaving of ourselves. Slave of our old identity. So that is what he accomplished on the cross. Therefore, reckon yourself dead to the sinful self, dead to that self, self, self. <laughs> self, self, dead. Reckon yourself dead. Wait a minute, how can I reckon myself? I didn't do anything. Good thing that he did it. Step in it. Receive it as a gift, just like justification. Sanctification is a gift. And then you start there, one with him. It's the beginning of a Christian life. doesn't start with, uh, you know, starting to believe in him. But beginning is when, when he, dis- he destroyed that which was killing us, our, our death. While we were dead, he raised us together with Christ, being baptized in his death. Baptized is a Greek word, baptizo, and actually is taken from a Greek literature. Before Paul wrote it, it was used in a cooking book. And the cooking book was particularly a recipe for pickling. So baptizo is originally, first usage of that word in the Greek is to be pickled. So when he baptized us in his death, to explain to us what what that means, he, he, he put us in the solution where we get pickled. Like my grandma used to pickle, and I love pickling. I don't like cucumbers. Once you get, put them into this hot thing and salt and vinegar and spices and dill, then they become pickled. And I can't wait to grab one of those pickles. It's so tasty. so delicious. And it's not like cucumbers. I don't like cucumbers. But I like pickles. Sweet and sour and salty and and amazing. And and what had happened? I don't know. But I like it. I I, I don't like, I I don't like cucumbers. Cucumbers rot if you leave them alone. Pickles don't. Why? They're pickled. How? Don't know. I just like it. I, I don't know. I see I see taking cucumbers and making, but I've never seen take a pickle and make a, hem, uh, make a cucumber out of it. You, you can't return it. You can't reverse it. It's finished. It's altered. 
And in a way, it's you preserve from their rattening. Come on. And you don't even have, have to know how to do it. Grandma knows. I just eat it. And the same with God. He knows how to do it. Receive it as a gift. Or kimchi, if you're Korean. I like kimchi. Same thing. Is anybody Korean here? It's, 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 it's wonderful. Same way. It's the same way. It's pickled or cured. You can say cured. The gospel is the curing of the problem. Come on. Woo. So, Father, I release this awesome revelation as a gift word right now. Just open yourself, receive it as the water flow. This revelation, this good news of great joy is coming in. So, Lord, I just, I just tell the minds to shut up and not to bother people and to just receive it into their brains, straight into the heart. Just the good news of great joy that Jesus finished and accomplished perfectly our new identity and our, our, our new uh, uh, sons. And so, Lord, I just, I just, just bless my brothers and sisters in the West Coast here. We unite ourselves with the East Coast and West Coast until all in between become covered and infused Justification was a cover, wonderful cover. But sanctification is infusion, wonderful infusion. We keep them both. We don't have to fight once again the other. We keep them both. Because this, all that is in a, in a book of identity, in a book of a, 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 a establishment. So, Lord, we step into our establishment. Why don't everybody stand up and just... Just by standing, you're standing with the truth. Even though your mind may not be understanding what to do. Just relax. We'll just do a brain bypass here. We'll just, just, we'll just, just rest from your own striving thinking. And just step into no need to always understand it right away. Receive it. Because we're not called to be explainers. We're called to be believers. Just receive it. And the rest will take its place. <sighs> Freedom from orphan spirit and performance spirit and trying to, trying to do something we can't. And receiving your doings. Receiving your workings, Lord. So I just bless my brothers. Ecstasia filled with the goodness of sons and daughters. Ooh. Come on, touch the brother next to your sister and just affirm them as genuine, true sons and daughters. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.